friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. And happy Friday. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 2nd edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. And let's give a Sunny Side of Sports salute to the Atlas Lions of Morocco, who reached the round of 16 at Football's World Cup for the first time in 36 years. Morocco beat Canada Thursday 2-1 in Qatar and will next play Spain December 6th in the knockout stage. At the Al-Thumama Stadium in Doha, Qatar, Moroccan fans sang, danced, cheered, and beat drums following the victory over Canada. Let's hear some of their jubilant reaction. to Morocco reaching the World Cup's round of 16, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the vice president, Sports Writers Association of Nigeria, Southeast Zone, Chukwuleta Chigozie. Honestly, this World Cup came with a lot of surprises. I know you've been watching from the beginning. Look at how big names, the way they are humbled, a lot of them are on their way home. It's, it's something to confirm that football is not mathematics. With the results recorded in this particular World Cup, Morocco have surprised bookmakers. Morocco have shown that Africa can actually make it and make a difference. You know, nobody gave them a chance from the beginning. Personally, I never saw them as capable of achieving this ahead of world number two, Belgium. And tournament finalists, Croatia. But here they are. They even look 
to me, the most organized African team at the moment. Looking at the their results, they considered only one goal, you know. So Morocco, for me, will do a lot of surprising things. Honestly, that's just my belief. That's just the way I see it. The Atlas Lions of Morocco will meet Spain, runners-up in Group G. What's your take on the round of 16 game they will play? You can call this Iberian Derby. It will be tough for the young Spaniards, believe me, as Morocco are getting to the peak at the right time. The Atlas Lions have a compact team nourished by individual talents born and bred in Europe, including Spain. They stand a good chance to progress if they don't allow Spain spaces to operate. And that's just it. If they hold on to what they have achieved and um, you know, use whatever means that brought them this far to work in their match against Spain, they will make an impact, a very good impact that you and I will be proud of. Chileta, what's your assessment of the games played so far by African teams in the FIFA Qatar World Cup? Honestly, in all, African teams have done very well. Tunisia didn't qualify, but they went with their heads held high after beating world champions France. If eventually only Senegal and Morocco qualify, I would say this is one of the best outings for African teams in the World Cup. That football mathematics where African teams are left struggling is no longer working. In fact, this particular edition of the World Cup has shattered a lot of predictions and earlier held convictions about African teams. That's Chukwuleta Chigozie, Vice President, Sports Writers Association of Nigeria, Southeast Zone. And she spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Oka, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Namsam Pelo, Media Officer of Banyana Banyana of South Africa. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. Football fans in Zimbabwe are finding alternatives to experience the magic of World Cup football amid crippling power cuts. Kudzai Zavinavashe reports from Harare, Zimbabwe. That's the sound of a heavy-duty electricity generator powering a bar where football lovers, mostly men, are gathered to watch the World Cup match between Poland and Argentina. The power cuts are crippling and worsening by the day. The Kariba South Hydropower Station recently suspended operations due to low water levels in the Kariba Dam. The station supplies Zimbabwe with 70% of its electricity. In the bar, football lover Nkosikona Zikali 
he has come to watch the game. We spend more than 16 hours without electricity, so it's, it's bad, it's bad. Tendai Choka says fans are improvising to follow the games. With the starting of this World Cup, it has actually exposed the desperate situation among Zimbabweans. But uh, most of them have actually resorted to watching uh, football in photo stores and nightclubs. And think what it has made is that uh, football has actually been turned to be a preserve for the privileged few. Both even the nightclubs and the photo stores, they are even charging. Like Choka, Zikali says the options are limited and can be costly. Basically, it's through the phone or else uh, you go watch the game by the bar. There's no way else that you can watch football because there's no food, there's no electricity. So by the bar we get there, you need to pay to enter, you need to buy alcohol so that you can watch a game. So it's, it's becoming expensive to watch the FIFA World Cup. Choga says the FIFA World Cup has been reduced to a sport of a privileged few. Emmanuel Chizonga is a football lover who wishes he was following the games from the comfort of his house. Ah, it's a very difficult thing. My kids love soccer. I want to see that soccer with my wife and my kids in my home. In the bars, the soccer matches are shown with music playing in the background to keep the mood somewhat lively. Outside the bars, tech-savvy football lovers have been pirating live streams of matches, mostly from their workplaces or Wi-Fi spots. And some fans are following the World Cup matches in betting shops that allow football lovers a chance to win by wagering on teams. For the sunny side of sports, this is Kudzai Zunawashe in Harare. Thanks, Kudzai. Hello. This is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Thanks, Heather. That's Heather Maxwell, the host of Music Time in Africa, the voice of America's longest-running English-language program. That's right, Music Time in Africa was founded by the late, great Leo the Music Man Sarkeesian in 1965. I have fond memories of Leo charging around the office, tapping you on the shoulder, and saying things like, Yeah, man, yeah, man, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, man. And I know Leo looking down on the World Cup performance of the Atlas Lions of Morocco is saying, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's go. Let's go. Joining us now with more Morocco World Cup reaction 
is Samson O'Malley. Sporty Friday World Cup greetings, Samson. Sporty Friday World Cup greetings to you too, Sunny. We begin the wrap of Africa Sport Highlight for this weekend with the latest updates from the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Reactions have been drilling the Atlas Lions of Morocco's qualification for the second round of the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. One of the players who played a vital role in the North Africans' win over Canada is Ashraf Hakimi. Morocco survived a courageous Canada comeback to win 2-1 and advance into the knockout phase as Group F winners, the first African side to top their group, a feat which dates back to 1998 when the Super Eagles of Nigeria did so. Ashraf Hakimi, who plays for French Ligue 1 club Paris Saint-Germain in his post-match conference said, the win over Canada was a proud moment for the team, their families, Morocco and indeed the African continent. Uh, no, we are so happy uh, with the classification. Uh, we do an amazing job, like you said, the coach. Uh, I want to say congratulations on all the team. It's like um, it's not only the team; it's it's a family. Uh, we have a nice group. All, uh, also, the players who don't play, they play. The people who work for us, um, we have a good uh, group. Uh, I think uh, we have a good mentality. Uh, the first day when we came here, we spoke uh, together that um, is the moment the, the change in mentality from from all the Moroccan players. Uh, I think the, it's time to change the, our generation. Uh, it's time to, to do good things. Um, I think uh, also that that generation, we, we deserve to do, like I say, history. And today we make history. So we are proud. I'm proud for, to play with Morocco, to to make proud all the people who is around us and all the Moroccan people. A tough test awaits them in the next round as they come up against 2010 champions Spain on Tuesday. Another African side through to the next round is the Lions of Taranga of Senegal. The West Africans will face a tough test against the star-studded English team in the round of 16. Ex-Premier League striker and Senegal team ambassador El Haji Diop says the team are playing for all of Africa. We don't play for ourselves. We play for, for Africa and we play for the people to love beautiful football and believe of us. Uh, football is more than sport in our country. Uh, that's why this World Cup means a lot for us to come here to pass the first round. And now we have a big game coming against uh, England. We know they have a good team and good team spirit and good players, but we can deal with. We have also good players as well, and it's going to be a good game. Dioff also talks about invoking the spirit of the 2002 side he played in, which reached the knockout stages of the tournament, and says they fear nobody in the England side. If we see this team, this Senegalese team, uh, built around by uh, Alou Sisse, our ex-captain in 2002. Myself, I was there, Tony Silva, Lamijata, and uh, we're talking about not about uh, Senegal fans. This game is not about like football on the game. It's about fight. It's about like uh, belief. It's about it's coming from heart. And we know a lot of our supporters waiting for that game. Senegalese striker Famara Diedo and goalkeeper Seni Dieng both said the team will go into the match against the three Lions full of confidence. They won the World Cup, you know, so um, we're going to try our best. You know, he's, he, you know he's not going to be easy, but he's like a, a good game. He's going to be a good game because most of our players live in England, uh, play in England. Confidence is high. We had a, 
obviously it was difficult at the start losing the first game, but I think all the players stepped up. We kept together as a team, you know, and uh, we had a couple of great wins. So we're ready for the next game. In Friday's fixtures, Cameroon will play Brazil in the late kickoff, while Ghana played Uruguay in the early kickoff. Ahead of the Ghana versus Uruguay match, striker Luis Suarez at a pre-match conference refused to apologize for his handball against Ghana in the 2010 World Cup. Suarez deliberate handball on the goal line at the end of extra time in the quarterfinals of the 2010 World Cup in South Africa denied Ghana a certain goal and a place in history as the first African team to reach the semis. I don't say the apologize about that because I take the handball, the ball. But uh, the Ghana player uh, missed a penalty, not me. Uh, maybe I can say apologize if I take a tackle and take injury the player and take a red card. Maybe I can say apologize. But in this situation, the red, the, I take a red card, the ref say penalty. It's not my fault because I don't miss the penalty. Staying with the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar, one of the standard features of the 2022 World Cup tournament has been the length of the games. England's 6-2 win over Iran featured nearly 30 minutes of extra time. 10 will normally be considered excessive, but Pierluigi Colina, chairman of FIFA Referees Committee, said that this was no spore of the moment's decision. The matter of uh, matches lasting uh, quite uh, uh, short, uh, even less than 50 minutes of uh, active time is, uh, is something that comes from uh, quite a long time. Um, people want to see football, people want to see more football, and we as FIFA, together with IFAB, uh, were requested in the years uh, to do something, to try to have uh, uh, more time played during a match. Away from the FIFA World Cup now, Tanzania's Premier League side Young Africans Sport Club have written history in African football by becoming among the top five teams in the continent to hold a long queue unbeaten run. Handled by Tunisia's Nasruddin Nabi, the Young Africans SC became the top team in Tanzania to hold the longest unbeaten run in the league and fourth in Africa. Young Africans wrote this history a few days ago when they stopped Mbeya City 2-0, but they failed to make it 50 wins after falling 2-1 away to Ihefu FC on Tuesday, November 29, 2022 in Mbeya. In athletics, double Olympic marathon champion Elite Kipchoge is set to make his debut at the Boston Marathon on April 17th next year. The Kenyan, who is fresh from breaking his own marathon world record in Berlin, will face three athletes who have won at the course before. Defending champion Evans Chibet, the 2021 winner Benson Kipruto, and Ethiopia Lelisa Decisa, who won in 2013 and 2015. It's only the Boston Marathon and New York City Marathon where the 38-year-old Kipchoge is yet to compete in in the World Marathon Majors. Staying with Kenya, the government and athletics Kenya on Thursday declared an all-out war against doping, Hours after the World Athletics Council gave the country a great reprieve by not imposing a ban. Kenya Cabinet Secretary for Sport, Ababu Nawamba, announced a comprehensive action plan that will be unveiled in the next week to fight the scourge. Nawamba described the reprieve by the World Athletics as a big moment for the country and thanked World Athletics President Sebastian Coe 
World Athletics Council and the Athletics Integrity Unit for listening and trusting Kenya and agreeing to the commitment made by the government. We have promised a multi-agency support system to Athletics Kenya and uh, the details of that as I've indicated will be shared once our action plan is ready. In netball news, the draws for the Netball World Cup 2023 were conducted on Wednesday in the host city of Cape Town, South Africa. Pool A will include Australia, Tonga, Zimbabwe, Fiji, while Pool B will have the likes of England, Malawi, Scotland and Barbados jostling for a place in the next round. Pool C hosts South Africa, Jamaica, Wales and Sri Lanka will slog it out. Ugandans, she cranes were drawn into Group D alongside New Zealand, Trinidad and Tobago, and Singapore. The tournament is scheduled for July 28th to August the 6th at the Cape Town Convention Center. Thanks, Samson. That's Samson Omale with an extra spicy package of African sports and World Cup football news. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun. With Team VOA Africa, let's experience the magic of football together. Together with a Sudanese civil engineer, officials in Qatar are working to develop and maintain those lush green pitches we're seeing during World Cup matches. VOA's Gwen Uten tells us more. Much of the attention has been on the players and national teams that will go head-to-head on the pitch. But what about the pitch itself, one of the most important yet often overlooked elements of the game? Qatar 2022 is the first World Cup to be staged during the winter, so the tournament can avoid the blistering summer heat in the Middle East. But while the drop in temperature will benefit fit athletes on the field, the transition from summer to a milder winter is the most challenging time of year for turf. Winter normally begins in Qatar in the month of November, but groundsmen forced an early winter in September by blasting chilly air directly onto the pitch to make fields more durable. Sudanese civil engineer Haitham Al-Sharif has developed Qatar's turf since 2007. And Al-Sharif says ensuring sports turf thrives in the desert heat is a unique challenge. Preparing and growing high-quality sports turf is generally challenging, but here in Qatar, it was a different level of challenge. The weather... Uh, condition and the climate together with the level of performance criteria we have set for ourselves makes it extremely challenging to develop the product we need but we succeeded 
An elite core of groundskeepers maintain eight World Cup stadium pitches and 136 training grounds across Qatar. And the turf will be able to withstand the rigors of the month-long tournament thanks to hundreds of tons of grass seed imported from the United States every year and used on all playing surfaces. Grass varieties in Qatar turn dormant as temperatures rise, making adequate growth a challenge between football matches. The American grass seed will hold together in Qatar's climate, but Al-Sharif says knowing when to seed the pitch takes just the right calculation. When, when you have wear and tear, you want the grass to keep growing to recover. The uh, warm season grass usually goes dormant in winter. If you seed the pitch too early, you will have germination, but the uh, winter grass will not really grow. It will actually die because it's too warm. So we are trying to balance all factors and choose the right time. And, and, and this, is, this is, again, a, a, an annual process. And annually, each pitch requires 50,000 liters of water in the summer months. Qatar will need a daily dose of at least 10,000 liters of water for each of its stadium pitches. And with virtually no access to fresh water in the region, groundsmen rely on desalination, a process that removes the salt to make water safe for drinking and watering grass. And if all else fails, there's always a plan B. Organizers have set aside about 40 soccer fields worth of reserve grass at a farm north of Doha that can be played on in as little as eight hours. Mohamed Al-Atwan worked as a project manager for Stadium 974, the World Cup's first fully demountable football venue and host of seven matches. Al-Atwan says players, coaches, match officials, and spectators can rest assured Qatar is ready for any turf emergency. Yeah, I'm proud of the, the whole project, but the grass is where the action is happening, especially during the, the event itself. And even uh, after the event itself, we didn't have to do any re-turfing. So maintaining uh, the quality and the, the, the grass with the performance and having a successful tournament without any impacts on uh, uh, the grass, which is the main field of action for the, the tournament and for, um, for, for the players, uh, we were very proud and very happy. Organizers have declined to disclose the cost of the turf program, but with billions of dollars spent over the last decade leading up to the tournament, it's safe to say no expense has been spared. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. 
My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. In American sports, the AP's Bruce Morton joins us now with some U.S. college basketball and professional basketball news. Pro basketball in Thursday's only action, Detroit needed overtime to top Dallas 131-125. Dave Ferry has the story. Killian Hayes scored 8 of his 22 points in overtime as the Pistons got past the Mavericks. The game was tied until Hayes hit back-to-back threes, putting Detroit ahead by 6 with 41.6 seconds remaining. College basketball in the only game pitting AP Top 25 teams, second-ranked Texas defeated number 7 Creighton 72-67. One major upset as Utah picked to finish 10th in the Pac-12 delivered an 81-66 haymaker to fourth-ranked Arizona. Center Brandon Carlson was team high with 22 points. I had to come out ready to go, come out play physical. My team did that same thing as well. Um, we were pre- just prepared. Other ranked winners were UConn, Kansas, and UCLA. Bruce Morton. And that wraps up the December 2nd edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Have a nice weekend, everyone. And that's the sunny side of sports.